The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello there, I'm Austin Bristow, and you're listening to On The List. For episode 18 on Saturday, January 30th, our guest is one of Pitcherless We Love Baseball managers and our gift specialist, Ben Brown. Ben, thanks for joining me. Hey, Austin. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. Now, I got I to gotta, real quick, we're going to address the elephant in the room right away. I said GIF. Uh, do you prefer GIF or GIF? Oh, it's GIF, and I think Nick would kill me if I said Jeff. So I, I'm pretty sure GIF. that both of us would lose our monthly paycheck if we yep. either of us went with Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the real, it's the real, uh, the real deal. It's, it's the right way to say it. So I 100% agree. Hard G there. But each week on, on the list, I will be joined by a writer from the Pitcher List staff. We'll talk baseball. We'll discuss what they've been working on recently, and we like to do a mailbag session where we answer your questions on the air. So you can send those questions directly to me on Twitter. I am at Brostowski, or even easier, you can hop onto our PL Plus Discord server where every week I will ask for questions there. Now, Ben, where can the people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at FelixTheDog23, and that's uh, him in the background announcing his presence. <laughs> what appropriate timing. <laughs> that is great. FelixTheDog23. Fantastic. Well, all righty. Let's go ahead and we'll just jump right into it as we get a little bit more Felix. That's fine. I like dogs. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a nice open-ended question to start you out here. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, I am from the great state of Maine. Uh, if anyone in the Discord is listening to this, they already know that. Uh, I'm very uh, proud of that. Uh, I love where I live. Uh, it's the best place in the country. Um, but yeah, obviously I love baseball. Uh, I'm uh, also a football guy, which will, you know, leave that out here. Uh, but you know, I love uh, love the golf, love tech stuff. Um, you know, I just just enjoy life, really. That's about it. Just so, go with the flow. So because you guys can't see, I'll have to describe it for you. But there's a massive bright red Patriots flag flying behind Ben right now in his office here. And uh, we had a comment on it before. I know very, very little about football. I don't follow it at all. But I know enough to know that people don't like the Patriots, but Patriots fans love the fact that people don't like the Patriots. So it's there you true. go. If you want to harass Ben about uh, Tom Brady going to the Super Bowl without him, 
go for it. <laughs> yeah, it, it does hurt. It does hurt seeing him there. Uh, I was very conflicted for uh, for a few weeks there near the end, but I'm I'm pulling for Tom now. I I'll always love Tom, and uh, I, I I can't bring myself to root against him. So go Bucks. I feel like, as someone who has no principles when it comes to football. I feel like I kind of have to root against the Bucks because it's the thing to do is to root against either the Patriots or Tom Brady, whichever. That's fair. So I feel like, I don't know, I, I'll probably watch the Super Bowl. I didn't watch it last year for the first time in a long time, so football's just not my thing. Yeah, that's fine. It's not for everyone. But you know what is for everyone? Baseball. Absolutely. Especially fantasy baseball. Now tell me, how many fantasy leagues do you play in? What's your favorite type of fantasy baseball league? All that good stuff. Yeah, so I'm really big on points leagues. Uh, both of my home leagues are points leagues. I've, you know, I started out playing fantasy, playing football. Uh, I got into baseball a few years later. Uh, I, I just have more fun playing in points leagues. Um, I'm more used to it, so that's kind of where I usually end up going. Um, uh, for a long time, I, I would just play a bunch of just random ESPN leagues, and that those were my my mock drafts. I know they have like mock draft uh, draft rooms, but no one ever stuck around till the end. So I'd always just do a random league, uh, an eight teamers. It's got to be an eight teamer because eight team leagues are are so much fun. Your teams are always stacked. Uh, you know, you you've got all your favorite players in it, really. Um, so I I would usually have like five or six of those if not more uh but lately the last couple of years uh you know being part of pitchers pitcher lists uh it's the wacky leagues that i love uh miles's wacky leagues um there's there's you know he's got the guillotine league there's uh the grand theft league um you know there's the worst ball league which i haven't done yet which i'm hopefully going to do this year uh but that's that's you know, I, I just love to have fun and uh, wacky leagues are all about fun. We talked briefly about those uh, with Miles and it's it, they're a great time. We'll talk more about it a little later, but uh, talk hearing you say that, you know, points leagues are where you got your start and you love doing those eight team leagues. That's actually kind of interesting because um, that's actually where I got my start as well. My home league is super small just a bunch of our friends really low profile and we have a lot of fun with it so good stuff good stuff i appreciate that so i know you you're a big uh you gotta be a big boston guy right coming from maine is it boston everything it's patriots red Sox across the board across the board yeah yeah but uh you know patriots first always uh red Sox are very close second uh, I love me some hockey, Boston Bruins, and then the Celtics. I'm not a huge NBA fan, but you know I'll root for them when they're there. Uh, but I mean, Fenway Park. There's nothing like going to a game in Fenway Park. Have you been to Fenway? I haven't yet. I've never been to Boston. I want to go badly. It's it's on. It's near the top of my uh, travel list right now. Uh, I've because I've seen many games at Wrigley over my life. Uh, growing up in Central Illinois, going to Cubs games was always you know the thing to do. But I'd love to see a game at Fenway at some point. I'd love to have you here. And Wrigley, I've never been to myself. Uh, so I would love to go see a game at Wrigley as well. I have spent uh, a game outside of Wrigley. 
Oh. I, I went out there uh, when they were in the World Series. I flew out. My buddy lives in Chicago. So I flew out and we went to uh, one of the bars out there uh, during one of the games and watched it. But we didn't actually go to the game. Uh, and it was the one game where they didn't score any runs. So I'm kind of glad I didn't pony up to, uh, you know, go watch them put up a goose egg. Uh, but it was still a blast. Uh, Wrigleyville is a bunch of fun. Uh, so I'd love to actually see a game in Wrigley when uh, COVID's all said and done. Oh, yeah. I mean, my high school even would each year we would, it would just get a bus of kids together. You pay like 20 bucks for your ticket and you go up on a Saturday and everyone, for whatever reason, they let you do your own thing for like an hour ahead of the game time. They just <laughs> let a bunch of high school students wander the streets of Chicago. Awesome. It was horrifying thinking back on it oh yeah but <laughs> and then they just assume you're going to rejoin the group at for the game and get back on the bus after the game i'm amazed that nothing bad ever happened yeah that's i don't know if that flies in 2021 anymore but uh those were the days <laughs> good stuff good stuff now with a, being a boston guy you've got lots of great options for you know your heroic ball players do you have a favorite for me it's ortiz yeah i can't blame uh, you you know obviously the heroics uh just such a big personality uh you know just a warm guy the guy you just want to go up and give a big hug to um now that i have a totally different appreciation for baseball uh i'd say pedro is a guy who who peaked when i was a little too young to appreciate him uh and i never got to see him pitch in person and i i really wish i had uh, but now looking back on it, I just really appreciate uh, everything he accomplished, what he did in the era that he did. Uh, and then a couple other guys, Pokey Reese. I don't know if you know the name Pokey Reese. Can't say I'm familiar. <laughs> but what a great name, Pokey Reese. That's uh, awesome. He was a utility guy on uh, the 03 team, uh, the O3 Red Sox. And uh, we went to our, our – my family, we went to our first game uh in 03 and he was the star as far as i was concerned i got my pokey reese t-shirt which i think i still have somewhere that's amazing uh so pokey reese makes the list and then mookie bets pokey and mookie like those are two like a plus baseball names that's uh, awesome. so they're both on the list there it's so good i love how kids a lot of times will gravitate towards these really obscure players uh Back in the day, I went to a I went to a bunch of Cubs games, like I said, and so uh, for whatever reason, I I decided that uh, Reed Johnson would be oh, my yeah. favorite player, and so Reed Johnson was my favorite player for a long time. <laughs> we went. My dad took me to like a signing event for Reed Johnson, which. There were not many people there, as you can imagine. But it's his family, exactly. <laughs> but I, I've got like a Reed Johnson side baseball and all that kind of stuff. It's I don't know what initially uh, attracted me to Reed Johnson. I mean, he, he was never great, but I remember a couple of years after um, I had decided he was, for whatever reason, my favorite player. We had to go to another Cubs game at Wrigley and. Uh, it's the uh, bottom of the ninth. Cubs are down uh, one zero, and uh, bases 
the bases get nearly loaded. They score one run. Bases load back up, and Reed Johnson strolls to the plate. One one to one, bottom of the ninth, and he takes a game-ending bases loaded walk. Oh man, the hero! <laughs> the hero! <laughs> it was a, I was ecstatic. It was crazy. <laughs> It's always great seeing those guys come through in those moments, even even if it's a walk. Exactly. You know, he didn't strike out, and they won the game. Everyone went home happy. Great day. Got to sing, they got to sing the Go Cubs Go song. Were you a big Go Cubs Go singer? Oh, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a big singer in general, and music has always been a big part of my life. So absolutely, every time you go to Wrigley and they win, you got to sing it out loud, even if you're not even, – even like me, if you're not a Cubs fan, you still got to sing it. Yeah. It's one of those songs that will get stuck in my head just randomly. Even, not even when there's a Cubs game on. I'll just be driving to work <laughs> in the morning. Go Cubs, go. Go Cubs, go. It, it's, it's so catchy. I'm – don't tell my Cubs fans friends this, but I'm a little excited for them to not be competing again because I feel like life is just kind of better when the Cubs suck. <laughs> we'll cut that part out. <laughs> well, all righty. Now, let's talk about uh, your time with Pitcher List here. You've been with us for, what, a couple of years now? Two, three years? Uh, just over a year, actually. Oh, man, uh, it, it was... feels like longer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I've been in the, you know, I was a, PL Plus subscriber from, That's I think, day was. one. That's uh, what it was. You've been around for so long. I, 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 don't, I barely remember a time when you weren't uh, like actually on staff just because you've always been so present. Yeah. And I, I was lucky enough to join the team uh, November 2019. So I think it's my fault that COVID happened was because I joined the pitcher list staff. Um, but <laughs> no, I just I, you know, I just wanted to help out any way I could, you know, and I'm an IT guy, so I'm a, I'm a technical guy. So I, you know, I thought, how, how can I help? So I, I, you know, emailed Nick. I was like, Hey, you know, I can make gifts if you need to. Uh, so, you know, we, we had, uh, an interview and he did all the talking. I don't think I said more than five words. Uh, and he hired me on staff and uh, a year later, I'm, you know, one of the managers and I'm, I'm, you know, fully, uh, invested in 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 knowing the the art of of gifting pitches, uh, which it is an art. Uh, no, it's not it, something that just anyone can do. It's not easy. I I did a few for the uh, for the database last year. It's it's tough. It but it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I love being a part of this awesome community. Uh, you know, being being in the Discord with all the PL Plus members and all the staff. Uh, you know, if if you're not in there, you got to be. Um, it's, it's, you know, it, it definitely helped me get through COVID, uh, and get through quarantine. I don't, I don't know how I would have gotten through it otherwise. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Just having that, having that community is huge. I think just in general, just in life. And if you want to join that community, head on over to pitcherlist.com slash plus that's pitcherlist.com slash plus. <laughs> oh geez. <laughs> now in your time at, uh, the site here, is there any project or any article or anything like that that you are you've been particularly proud of? So for for pitcher lists, uh, I've really done nastiest pitchers, and that's about it. Um, I'm not an analyst, you know. I'm not gonna 
look at a player's ex Wobacon and his, you know, hard hit rate and exit velocity and, and be able to tell you if he's good or not. I, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I just know what my eyes tell me. And that's what a pitch is nasty, uh, which nasty pitches don't always correlate to success. That's something that I, I learned this past year. Uh, so um, I think the one I'm particularly proud of on the pitcherless side would be uh, my Eric Gagne piece mm. where I went back and uh, watched a bunch of old Eric Gagne clips and just kind of read up on him. And it was uh, the nastiest pitches of the past. Uh, and my plan was to do a, uh, an off-season series on a bunch of different pitchers, showing off some of the nasty pitches because a lot of these guys were were really good before I, uh, you know, had grown up and truly appreciated the game of baseball. And Eric Gagne was one of those guys who uh, pitched on the West Coast, and as a kid growing up, whose mom sent him to bed by nine o'clock uh, against my will. Uh, I didn't get to watch him pitch a lot, but I'd always wake up in the morning and see the highlights on Sports Center, and oh, he's saved 56 games in a row. Oh, he's saved 72 games in a row. Uh, and that streak is always stuck out in my mind as just being, uh, you know, this amazing accomplishment. And I, I, I never really knew much about him or uh, got to see him, you know, play very much. So going back and reading about him. Uh, and and you know watching a bunch of his pitches and and just seeing why he was as good as he was uh, that was a, a really enjoyable thing um, and I, I I've got a couple other guys I'd like to do that for in the future and hopefully I'll have the time to do it at some point I'd love to see it happen that was a fun one and uh, as myself I didn't get into baseball until my teens so that would have been right around. Um, 2012 or so 2013 and so guys like Gagne and even the Atlanta big three of Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz I never really got to appreciate these legendary pitchers so if you want to if you want to just kind of do do an Atlanta trio I wouldn't be opposed (laughs) so Maddox was on the list Maddox is on the list of guys I want to do uh Randy Johnson was one. Um, Pedro obviously is one. Um, uh, Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver and Eric Gagne were the two who really inspired the idea. Um, So Tom Seaver's on the list. I have a bunch of Tom Seaver gifts somewhere. Um, But yeah, no, Maddox is on the list. And, you know, Smoltz, I would say probably to him too. Nice. Fantastic. Glad to hear it. Well, tell us a little bit about what kind of stuff you'd like to do outside of the baseball realm. Uh, I know that you said you golf a lot. Is that, is that what you mentioned? I am a pretty avid golfer. Uh, I do love to get out there after work uh, or maybe tell the boss, hey, I'm leaving an hour early. I'm going to go hit the links. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not any good. Uh, I, I really just like to get out there, swing some clubs around, have a beer, uh, put the put the game on, uh, you know, the radio. Listen to it in the cart while I'm playing. Um, I'm, I mostly spend the entire time in the woods. Uh, <laughs> I have a nasty slice that I've I've been fighting since I was a kid, uh, and I've never quite gotten over it. So lots of time in the woods. But uh, no, golf is great. And uh, as kind of a little crossover, 
during COVID, uh, one of my favorite moments was when our local minor league team, the Portland Sea Dogs, which you can find them in Portland, Maine, uh, their field, Hadlock Field, they set it up as a golf course. So we literally, yeah, we bought tickets and we went – and we went up to the, um, you know, the boxes up above and outside of each private box, they had a little platform with a like a tee set up and out in the outfield, they had like spray painted some greens and stuff. Uh, so it was a full nine hole course and you had three shots from each tee. Uh, and if you got it within the green, it was a par. If you got it within the smaller circle, it was a birdie. Uh, and I shot par. I shot even par. It was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. Uh, and it was just such a, a strange, uh, weird thing that just worked out so well. And I, 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 I commend the Portland Sea Dogs for, for their Hadlinks experience. And I hope they'll bring it back even post-COVID times. That is such a strange and wonderful thing. <laughs> I had not heard of that. That's so cool, though. Like, that sounds like a lot of fun. I I don't golf even a little bit. I, I In high school, I had a girlfriend who golfed. She was very good, um, from what I understand. And so she tried to teach me one time. We went, to, we went to her local course, and she did her best to teach me. And I think I made proper contact with the ball about four times. <laughs> I love mini golf. If that mini can. golf is great, too. That counts, absolutely. <laughs> no, putting, putting is a very important part of golf. And it doesn't matter how good you are with the driver, how good you are with the iron. If you can't putt, you're not going to do well then either. So mini golf, that's just practice for when you finally figure it out. Fantastic. I'll be... I'll be great on the green anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now, it was brought to my attention uh, that you are a member of a Dungeons & Dragons group that had originated from our Pitcherless Discord. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Now, if folks aren't aware, I am a huge, huge Dungeons & Dragons nerd playing in two different campaigns and running one. So, Ben, I'm going to need you to tell me about your character. So uh, it was my girlfriend's idea. Uh, shout out Elena. Uh, she has played Dungeons and Dragons before. Uh, it was something she loved to do in college and post college. Uh, and I had never played before. Uh, it was never something that I had gotten into. Um, so one day, I, it was probably three months ago or so, she's like, hey, I want to play Dungeons and Dragons. If you don't want to play, I'm going to go find some people to play with or we can play together. And I was like, all right. She's like, okay, cool. We have two people. Now we need to find more people. And I was like, oh, okay. So I naturally, I reached out in the discord and we had a few people, uh, reach out. Um, Jim Chatterton, uh, Jordan white and Kyle Seiler, Seiler, Seiler. I think it's Seiler. I don't know. Sorry, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Schwebsy. Everyone knows Schwebsy. Uh, Christopher Weber. And uh, so we all have a, a Dungeons & Dragon group uh, with a, a DM, Dory, uh, who we found, which is great. Um, my character, uh, to answer your question, Austin, is naturally uh, Gronk the Goliath Barbarian. <laughs> uh, so I am an eight and a half foot tall uh, Goliath Barbarian that uh, just beats the crap out of people with a, a giant maul. Uh, I've got some hand axes that I throw from time to time. Uh, our most recent uh, one-off was 
uh, in like the crypts uh, underneath a mausoleum. Uh, we had to fight all these ghouls and skeletons, and there was this um, uh, skull in the middle of the room with a glowing green light coming out of it. And I went up to that thing, I picked it up, and I gronk spiked it off the ground, <laughs> shattered into a million pieces. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I got to admit, Dungeons and Dragons, it's it's not super easy for me to follow along. I'm more of a, a visual guy, so trying to keep track with everything that's going on, I'll admit, I'm not very good at it. So when it comes to my turn, I, I sometimes have to scramble to figure out what I'm going to do. But I got it done, and it's it's a blast. I'm glad we're doing it. I am so glad you're enjoying it. Like I said, one of my favorite hobbies. Uh, it's like fantasy baseball, Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, those are the big two for me. So glad you're enjoying it. And you know what? I think we'll leave it at that so we don't, we don't get too many people trying to hit skip over this portion but uh <laughs> good stuff all around all right well let's go ahead i know you want to talk you, you mentioned earlier that you're you love to plan and you're very excited to continue doing miles wacky leagues so let's talk a bit more about it so we i had miles on just a few weeks back and we talked wacky leagues but what's your favorite one you've done so far and uh what are you looking forward to most my so my favorite one that he's done so far has been the the Grand Theft League, uh, mm. where you're where you go head to head. I think it was was it you and Ahedo in that league? We were in the Guillotine League. The Guillotine yeah. League. Sorry, my bad. No, the Guillotine League. I lost. Of I think the second week. So that oh. that one was terrible. That don't do a Guillotine League. It's terrible. No, uh, do a Guillotine League. We made <laughs> just what what you gotta do is spend all your money immediately on two short stops, and you'll make it to the final four. No problem. <laughs> I think I tried trading for one of those short stops, and you guys wouldn't bite on any of my offers. And then I then I got. Got uh, guillotine, so thanks. Yeah, for that. That we got your players for like two dollars. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the guillotine league was yeah, it was all right. Uh, Grand Theft <laughs> League was my favorite. Um, haven't done worst ball yet. That's I'm not sure what to expect with it. Uh, I obviously have heard good things, um, but it's just so different from anything else. That I think this year I might cut back on a couple other leagues and just do a worst ball league. I'm gonna be honest, worst ball intimidates me. Does like, it? Like, I'm a very competitive person, and so I, I, even in these wacky leagues, I want to win. Oh yeah, and I, and I'm going to put a lot of effort into doing the best I can to get it, the best team. I don't know how to value anyone in worst ball. It's so hard because you can't just take someone who's going to play like once a week and go 0 for 4 because the, the other set, six days a week, you're not getting anything. You right. need to find people who are going to consistently be bad. And I, it's, I don't know, man, I, it's, it's not, it doesn't make a ton of uh, sense to me on how to like actually do research and value right. people it's it's hard and like for me as someone who doesn't do a lot of my own research that's why i read pitcher list that's why i've always read pitcher list because we got the smart people at pitcher list who are doing all the research uh there's no you know rick graham ain't putting out 50 of the worst relievers exactly 
You know, Nick's not putting out a top 50 or top 100 of the worst starting pitchers for a worst ball league. You really have to uh, go out there and do all of your own research. And I just I, I just haven't done it yet. And I think this year is finally the year. You know what? More power to you. I'll be sticking to my guillotine for now. <laughs> uh, Mikey and I had a great time with that. And we've already said we're going to be back this next year. And we're, ta- we're taking it all the way. Yeah, I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> now... Was it you who uh, brought the idea? I saw it, I think, in the just general community channel about the Chaos League. Yeah. That looks horrifying. This is an idea that I had last year that I think I'm going to make it a thing this year. Uh, It's the Chaos League is basically it's a fantasy baseball league, obviously, but Anyone who's in the league should expect that anything can and will happen over the course of the season. Uh, so obviously your roster is usually you know different uh, at the end of the year from the beginning of the year. It's going to be totally different. Uh, you're not going to have any of the same players uh, near the end of the year. Um, and I've got some ideas for, for what I'm going to do, some that I'm willing to share and some that I'm not willing to share. Okay. Uh, but so, for example... Uh, if a player hits three home runs in a game during a week, uh, all of their home runs that that week will count twice. Oh so a three-run home run game means, uh, or a three-home run game means, you know, all their home runs will count twi- twice for the rest of the week. So you basically lose that category if you go up against anyone who's hit three home runs. Uh, if a position player pitches, their pitching stats count instead of their hitting stats. So you better hope that. None of your players actually uh, go in and pitch. Uh, This is a pretty crazy one. If a player throws a no-hitter or a perfect game, they automatically retire on top and must spend the rest of the season on waivers. (laughs) No one can add them. They're just stuck out there. You know. Oh, no. Lucas Giolito throws another no-hitter in April. Too bad. He's out there. Oh, no. Uh, fab increases or decreases with the stock market. Like the actual stock market? Like the actual stock market. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Reddit's going to have a field day. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should just tie it to GameStop. Exactly. <laughs> just, just one stock. GameStop and AMC. We'll, oh, God. We can just create a, a new ETF, uh, meme stocks, and we'll just have it follow that. And then we can manipulate <laughs> it in the background. I think meme stocks <laughs> is actually just uh, Dogecoin. Ah, uh, Dogecoin is a real thing. <laughs> Dogecoin's real. I I can't wait to buy a pizza with Dogecoin someday. Actually, oh, you know, we, I'm sure someone probably can right now. It's through the roof. It's not quite at the moon, but it's through the roof. <laughs> but yeah, no. So the Chaos League, I'm still kind of hashing it out. I I got to figure out how I'm going to do it and what platform I'm going to do it on. Uh, I think fan tracks might be the way to go, just because of how many different rules there are going to be. Uh, but one of the rules I also had an idea for was worst ball Wednesdays. So every Wednesday is worst ball. And I don't know how I'm going to change the scoring in the middle of the week. Uh, so there's, there's still some hashing out to do, but if anyone's interested in the chaos league, uh, let me know. I think we're going to make it work. Holy cow. That sounds legitimately (laughs) like, it sounds fun, but the, the competitive side of me is just like screaming don't do it you'll be so frustrated <laughs> i don't think there's gonna be any strategy like no, no matter what you there's try not to it's do. just like you 
you draft, I guess, whoever you want to draft. Like, I guess you can generally assume that drafting good players will probably turn out well for you. But who knows? Taking, you know, Eric Gagne might end up giving you, like, on the one day of the year. It's like, if you are currently rostering Eric Gagne, you automatically win your your uh, matchup. Right. So... Yeah. It's, I mean, there some of these rules, like, I, I want to say them, but it'll give away some of the surprises. Uh, and I, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Like, uh, I don't know if, were you involved in the, the blind draft last year that we I did? I wasn't, but boy, oh boy, did I love keeping up with it. That was a ton of fun. That Discord channel was going off uh, so, all the time. For those of you who don't know, uh, essentially we paired up individuals uh to draft together but they didn't know who they were drafting with so if ben and i were paired up together he would make all of our picks for our team in the odd rounds while i would make all of them in the even rounds and we were unable to coordinate so you got a lot of messages in the discord channel like oh my god why did my partner just take whoever in the fifth round what are we going to do what's happening ah <laughs> yeah no that happened to me uh my partner picked um uh who was it it was uh, it wasn't strasburg it was the other nationals pitcher um Scherzer. Blake or his name Scherzer. Yeah, he picked Scherzer in the first round. I don't know how I didn't think it's Max Scherzer. <laughs> uh, and I never draft pitchers in the first round. Like, oh boy, way too much risk for me personally. Uh, and I was, we had the second to last pick of the round, so he drafted, and then there was someone else, one team who had two picks in a row. And I happened to be at work that morning, and it wasn't a great morning at work, so I was just in a bad mood. Uh, so he picked Scherzer and I was like, what are you doing? Why are you taking Max Scherzer? And then the other team took their two picks real quick. So I was on the clock and I don't know why I did it, but I took Justin Verlander pocket aces just to kind of be like, really, you're going to take a picture. I guess I'm going to take a picture, but little did I know that like, I think it was like 20 minutes before then Verlander had announced that he wasn't going to be pitching like the injury news had come oh, out. No. So they were the the league that I, I think it was miles and uh, oh, no. uh, I, I'm sorry to whoever else was helping to run it. I'm, I'm blanking on your name, but uh, they they were nice to let me take that pick back. <laughs> so I didn't end up picking Verlander. Uh, but I took another picture, so I ended up going pocket aces anyway. Uh, but we ended up coming second in the league. Uh, hey, some. Uh, but just just the the anger I felt of of that person taking a picture in the first round, I I you know obviously it wasn't something to get actually angry about. But dude, <laughs> the whole the whole draft itself uh, was so much fun, and then re- finding out who you were teamed up with. And then being able to talk to them afterwards and be like, why did you pick this person? I like that pick. This other pick I didn't like at all. Uh, it was just a load of fun. And it, it gave you guys – it gave uh, – you know, if you didn't know that person, it gave you an instant connection with that person, which was really cool. Um, That's awesome. So that was another league that I, I, I really enjoyed. I'd like to do again and I hope other people will do as well. 
yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure Miles is already planning on throwing that together again because if only for the entertainment value that we get in the Discord show, it's fantastic. It should be a reality show. <laughs> it's so good. Well, you mentioned that uh, some of your home leagues had uh, been kind of weird before. I, did you? I, I, we were talking a little bit ahead of time. Did you say you had a four-team league you played in one time? Yeah, so my first ever fantasy baseball league, uh, it was me and three of my high school friends. We we were all baseball fans, but we had never played fantasy baseball before. So we thought, hey, let's get together. Let's do a, a league, just the four of us. Um, and so it was a four-team league. I, I didn't you know know what scoring categories were the way to go i'd only played fantasy football before so like i kind of went wild and like everything you could possibly get points for got points uh like adrian gonzalez was the number one overall player because i gave one point for a put out and he ended <laughs> up having like ten thousand points uh in the league but the best part of that league which we only did one year obviously uh because it was so dumb uh, we drafted in high in school. We were in high school at the time. I think we were sophomores in high school. Uh, so we drafted during the school day. We weren't in all the same classes together. Uh, so we were texting each other. We were <laughs> passing notes. We all had gym class together, though. We were yelling out picks while we were running laps in gym class. And we weren't writing any of them down. So when it came to actually importing the rosters into ESPN, we kind of had to go off memory. Uh, and somehow nobody drafted Alex Rodriguez. And this was in like 2008 when Alex Rodriguez was, you know, one of the best players in baseball. And somehow nobody picked him, which we realized way too late after the fact. Uh, so that was my first league. That was my entry into fantasy baseball. Uh, it didn't quite work out, but. Luckily, I stuck around, and I've I've been in another league ever since. Uh, but that was that's something I'll always remember: just running laps around gym class, yelling out players' names, and having everyone else in the class going, "What are you doing? What are you even talking about?" <laughs> that's so good. See, my uh, my home league also uh, has its roots in high school. Uh, my one of my best friends and I, Brett, he and I had done just he and I would both get into a random league together so that we could play fantasy baseball together. Uh, we did that for about two years and then we were like, you know what? We have enough friends that like baseball. We could figure out enough people to get a, t a league together. So what we ended up doing is we got like uh, his brother, his dad, my dad, our band teacher, all that kind of stuff. It was a I think half the league was teachers at our high school because awesome. my my father is a teacher. And so it was kind of okay to have a, a league where, you know, half of it was teachers because my, my dad's a teacher. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and we played on MLB.com's old fantasy service. I don't know uh, if some people even are aware this existed. Yeah. MLB.com used to have a fantasy baseball service. But the weird part is... You, could, you didn't draft pitchers in that league. You drafted pitching staffs. As oh. in, you would draft the Dodgers pitching staff. And ev ev for that day, whatever points the whatever the Dodgers starter and relievers did that day, the, that's the amount of points you get. 
Just whatever that team did in pitching, that's what you, what you get. Interesting. The it trade was, deadline must have been horrible. Oh, it was crazy because uh, you were you you drafted the team. So if you know, uh, want your the ace on your team gets traded to another team, you're stuck with right. a now much worse pitching staff. <laughs> yeah, it was very weird, and so. After MLB.com's service shut down because no one was playing there. Because there were was, pitching staffs and not yeah, pitchers. Yeah, it was, it was just us. Um, <laughs> our our league moved to an ESPN league and no one was really interested in, in drafting pitchers because we've never done it before and we didn't feel like changing it that much. So now it's a hitters-only points league. That's pretty cool. Um, so... It's it's still the same, mostly the same guys. Brett's still there. My dad's still there. The band teacher's still there. It's like <laughs> all these guys have gotten are stuck together. I think we're in year like eight or nine now. So it's it's a great time, but it, it had the weirdest roots. Looking back, that's awesome. I've I've never done like a hitters only league. Uh, I did do a dingers only league last year. Ooh. Uh, with so one of the uh, community leagues in the Pitchless Discord was uh, a community daily roto league. Um, so a bunch of us, um, you know, drafted our teams pre-COVID, and then obviously COVID hit. But we actually really got along really well together, and our Discord channel was off the rails all the time. We were always talking to each other, and we did a bunch of mock drafts. Uh, but at some point we wanted to do just another league. So I don't know if it was me or someone else, but someone had the idea of just doing, uh, home runs only. Uh, so we had just a, a slow draft, uh, six rounds. We pick, we each pick six players, uh, and we, the winner, we did it for $5, uh, and all the money went to charity. Nice. Um, and we all got to pick a charity that we represented. So whoever won the money would go to their charity. Uh, but we picked, we drafted six players. Uh, the top five uh, home run totals counted. And then your overall home runs, whoever had the most of their top five guys, uh, won the league. Um, and I did not win. Uh, but it was a ton of fun just, just drafting it. And then it was best ball, obviously. So we didn't have to worry about it. Uh, after the fact, but but the Dingers Only League, I think, is something that I want to do uh, again uh, more in the future. Uh, and I actually want to shout out uh, Nicole Cahill, who's uh, one of our our writers on staff. Um, she runs a, um, a a nonprofit organization called Neuro Atypical Neighborhood. Um, it's a, a mental health charity uh, and it aims to give hope inspire and provide opportunities for children dealing with mental health challenges by destigmatizing de mental health uh and she reached out to me about the the dingers only league because i guess last year she did a, a dingers derby for charity uh which i believe was just a home run derby uh in person and obviously with covid uh they can't do that this year uh so they're doing a, a dingers only league uh for charity uh, which I think is super cool. I think it's a great idea. Um, so awesome. if anyone's interested in doing a Dingers Only League, uh, reach out to Nicole. You can find her on Twitter at Nicole Cahill underscore. Um, and it's I think it's only uh, $9.50 to enter. Uh, because And it's a symbolic number because 9.5% of children in the U.S. struggle with depression or anxiety. 
Um, so I think it's a great cause, and I can tell you firsthand, a dingers-only league is a ton of fun because home runs are the best part of baseball besides nasty pitches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> home runs are the best part of baseball, uh, and you love to see you know guys hit all over the fence. So when you draft your team and you're just watching people hit home runs, it's, it's a ton of fun. So I, I highly recommend it. Awesome. I'm going to have to hop in on that. That sounds great. It's a great time. It's, I mean, and it's, it's low risk, uh, you know, and you don't have to do anything besides a slow draft. Uh, you don't have to make any moves in the middle of the season. That's another thing I want to do more of this year is best ball because there, I have so many leagues. I do so many leagues every year. Uh, finding the time to, to manage them all is, is pretty tough. So best ball is the way to go. Yeah. But in uh, the off season before the 2019 season, uh, the pitcher list staff did a ton of best ball drafts. I was involved in a couple of them. Um, and I'm going to be honest. I didn't think about it once after I did it. It was just like, it's done. All right, moving yep. on. And yep. I went back after the season. No one had really mentioned them. And so I went back after the season like, didn't I do a bunch of and I went and looked I had en- ended up winning one of them and I was like oh hey I did so good look at me and so yeah I would absolutely love to get more best ball drafts in because I-, I think slow drafts are so much fun and oh, yeah. like personally I know a lot of people are frustrated with slow drafts because they're anxious to be like I want to just make my picks and get going but I love slow drafts I think they're a lot of fun because you can get a lot more banter back and forth with with slow drafts it's great absolutely and like Sorry, as my cat is uh, going crazy. This is this is an animal house over here. We, <laughs> we got a ton of animals up here. Uh, and man, we don't have any moose though. If anyone was wondering, uh, disappointing. Yeah, sorry. I know. Sometime, someday when I live closer or more in the woods, maybe. Um, but yeah, no. Best ball drafts are great. Uh, like I said, I I, I want to do more of them this year and hopefully win them. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Let's talk a little bit about uh, you know how we how we have just fallen in love with the sport of baseball. Uh, you want to talk a bit about your favorite baseball memories and things like that? What was what was that one thing you know that really got you hooked on baseball in, in your you know growing up in your childhood? Yeah, so growing up, uh, I grew up in a football family. Uh, everyone in my family loves football. Uh, so baseball, I didn't quite fall in love until I went to my first game. Uh, we, you know, it was at, obviously at Fenway. Uh, it was a family day with my mom, my dad, my sister. Um, you know, we had good seats. Um, we are actually are one of the, the ushers kept moving us up throughout the day. It was a rainy day. Uh, so there were a bunch of empty seats that no one showed up at, um, and so the usher kept moving us up, moving us up, moving us up. And we, so good. we ended up uh, in the second row right behind the field uh, by the tarp on the first baseline. So we were as close as we could get. I uh, got my first foul ball that day. Um, there, was, there was one guy, uh, a, a vendor, who kept yelling, peanuts, peanuts. And we called him. <laughs> it was so aggressive. Uh, we call him the mean nuts guy. <laughs> <laughs> and we heard him for years after uh, years after the fact, like going back every year, we'd go as a family uh, to Fenway for a game. And we always heard the mean nuts guy, uh, which was awesome. So so that one experience uh, really sold me on on baseball. And of course, I, you know, played Little League growing up. Uh, my my favorite year, Little League was when my dad coached 
coached me. Uh, he was, uh, he's a merchant Marine, so he's not, uh, home all the time. Um, growing up, he was gone three, four months at a time and his schedule never quite worked out with my sports schedule. So he never got to coach. Sure. Uh, but one year it just so happened that he was around to, to coach little league. And, uh, so he was our head coach that year. Practices were just home run derbies. Like we didn't do any fundamentals. We did some ground balls here and there, but like we just play catch and just have home run derbies and like have like foul ball competitions. And it, it was just what Little League should be, you know? Uh, and it was just so much fun. Uh, and I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, every once in a while I'll run into a couple kids who are on that team and we always talk about, man, that was so much fun. We, we really loved that year. Uh, and there were like other little league teams who were, you know, would be on the same field as us and they're doing drills, they're running laps, they're, you know, catching ground balls. And here we are hitting wiffle balls over the fence. (laughs) I think they hated us, but you know, baseball, you know, and obviously playing wiffle ball as a kid, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, when, when I wanted to go outside, it was just, you know, pick up a ball pick up a bat and just hit it around uh you know that was it wasn't a football it was a baseball you know a wiffle ball on a yellow bat uh so baseball was always a lot of fun to play and it wasn't until i went to that first game that it really sold me as one of my favorite sports you know i doing this podcast i keep thinking i'm gonna run out of baseball stories and then listening to other people tell theirs it just keeps reminding me of other ones so you you talking about the uh the mean nuts guy um, at Wrigley, there is a man who has been there for years. I hope he's still there to this day. Uh, and if you go to a baseball game at Wrigley Field uh, before uh, June, it's going to be very cold. For sure. Um, and so they, instead of doing like cold beer and, and popcorn and all that kind of stuff, they do hot chocolate and chocolate chip cookies. Oh, um that's right so, up my alley yeah you go there in like march and you, and they'll be having cookie vendors go around and usually if you get the guy that has the full stack he just got loaded back up they might even be warm if you're lucky mm-hmm. by the time it gets to the bottom those things are rock hard oh yeah but there was one guy who would <laughs> had the most unique uh barker call for the cookies it would just be cookie <laughs> just and you'd hear it across the stadium and it just it was hilarious every time and everyone it would stop for a while and that's when you knew he was out he had to go reload back up yep. and then you know a good five minutes later cookie it was fantastic <laughs> like each year that i went to those games with the group um from high school because of course we had to go before school year ended so yep. we would always go in march when it's freaking cold yep. and the cookie guy he'd always be there the cookie guy <laughs> screaming I, at us <laughs> every every stadium needs a guy like that oh yeah you know oh, someone yeah. who's just like really puts in all the effort to their crafts of, of selling their product like the mean nuts guy the cookie guy you know that's and those are the memories like you just said like that's a memory that you had that you don't all often think about uh and it's just one of those things that like 
COVID really took that away. Exactly. It really did. And, you know, I'm sure there are some games where you can hear the cookie guy on TV. He just didn't have that this year. Yeah. So it's hopefully um, we can get this vaccine rolled out. We can have a semi-normal baseball season. Even I know they're talking about late start already, but honestly, give me a May start, give me a June start, and just play real baseball, please. That's yep. all I want. If like if we can get fans in the stadium in August or September, great. Yep. Just give whatever you have to do to do it safely and responsibly. I just want real baseball back. I just want my peanuts and cracker jacks. Exactly. <laughs> And my twelve dollar beers. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's where you need minor league baseball in your life. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I we always say that we want to go to more Sea Dogs games, and I went to a you know a bunch of growing up, but it, it, you know it's one of those things. Every year we say we're going to go, and we don't, and and now it's been taken away from us. We really miss it. So I really, I've been saying it all COVID. I can't wait to go back to a live sporting event and overpay for things that I can get at home for much cheaper. Like yeah. that's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, the local minor league team here in Greensboro, the uh, Greensboro Grasshoppers. I'm pretty sure the, they're the double uh, A affiliate for the Pirates. Uh, they they used to have they would have uh, thirsty Thursdays. I think it was two dollar beers. Ooh, that's dangerous. It, it <laughs> it's a wild <laughs> night. The the crowds are singing and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun to watch, honestly. <laughs> uh, so you're we, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, you. I was just gonna say, so you're you're uh, in Greensboro. Yeah, kind of dead center in uh, North Carolina. So I got a lot of different uh, minor league baseball around me. Whether I I go to Durham and I can see a uh, Bulls game there, and like even some like people you never heard of, the Burlington Royals or yeah. things like that. So lots of good minor league baseball around me, or at least there should be. Right, and they all have great names too. That's the great part about minor league baseball. Because all all the team names are just so out there and wild. That's what disappointed me the most when I learned that this this town, this like, it's not even a big town, um, half an hour away from me called Burlington. And I was like, oh, they have a Miley Stadium too? Cool. What what affiliation are they? And what's what's, what's the team called? Uh, They're they're like uh, the single A or low A affiliate for Kansas City Royals. And they're called the Burlington Royals. <laughs> Some of them aren't so out there, but... And I was so disappointed. <laughs> like the Greensboro Grasshoppers. That, that's just some grade A alliteration right there. When you get the GR sound oh, yeah. twice. That's awesome. Were they the team that sells the fried grasshoppers? I hope not, but I don't know who else that would be. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a minor league team... Uh, somewhere in the country that sold fried grasshoppers at some point. That would sound like it'd probably be them. I'm having to look it up right now, but I sure hope that's not the case. I think the one that I like the most that I've never had, but I want to have, uh, I think it's somewhere in Seattle or, or in Washington. They have the Krispy Kreme fried donut burger. Oh my. Which I've always wanted to try. 
I I don't know that I'd want to do grasshoppers though. Yikes! Yeah, um, I'm not seeing anything about it on their Wikipedia page. Uh, I'm gonna hope that's not the case because boy, oh boy, I am I am not up for eating bugs. No, thank you. No bugs. Bugs aren't quite my thing either. Ugh! Cannot do. Oh man. Well, all right, let's go ahead and hop into our mailbag section here. So each week we like to devote a large portion of the podcast to answering your questions on the air. So if you have some questions you want me and my guests to answer, uh, you can tweet them to me directly at Bristowski or even better, join our PL Plus Discord server. That is pitchlist.com slash plus. Ben, what's your favorite part about the Discord server? Uh, my favorite part about the Discord is being able to ask any smart person at any time whether I should draft a player or not, or whether I should pick a person <laughs> up or not. Uh, no, it's it's honestly just uh, the, the different people that are in there uh, and all the relationships that we've we've all built uh, with just you know staff members and PL Plus members and and being able to watch games together. Uh, plaid, plaid oh. is so much fun. Picture list after it's dark uh, when when a lot of the you know uh, rules go out the window. Yeah, <laughs> it's and that's fun too. It's uh, it's the best, uh, and I wish more people would would jump in and enjoy it. Uh, but one of my favorite parts is uh, on my nastiest pitches days when I'm um you know gifting pitches, I'll jump into plaid and I'll have you know fifteen to twenty pitches picked out. And I'll just jump in plaid and I'll go, all right, guys, uh, here are the pitches that I got. Let's pick 10 of them. And I'll show them all off. And as a group, we'll, we'll narrow it down. So so when one of my Nasty's Pitches articles comes out, just know that it's it's been uh, crowdsourced, uh, really. And if, and if you're in plaid, you'll get a sneak peek. That's good stuff. Well, all righty. So our <clears throat> questions tonight are coming from the Discord server. The first one from one of our supporters, Silver Snail. He wants to know who is one one player that you are targeting at their price and trying your best to get them everywhere you can in drafts. So I have not done a single mock draft. Uh, I have done two. I'm I feeling, feeling so good. So then you're going to have to let me know what the steals are. Uh, I haven't. Uh, really read up much uh, for baseball yet. I'm still in the the post football season, um, you know, relaxing, kind of letting my mind get away from everything before I ramp back up. Uh, but we were in plaid the other night, and someone was doing a mock draft, and they got uh, Nicholas Castellanos in like the ninth round. So I looked up his ADP, uh, and his ADP on NFBC is at 82, and I think that's ridiculous. Uh, if I recall correctly, Castellanos last year started off as hot as any baseball player there was. Uh, and he was on my dingers only league and he carried me to second place uh, as there's a drive into deep left field and that'll be a home run. <laughs> and that makes it a four nothing ball game. Good reference. <laughs> But yeah, yeah no, Castellanos, he, uh, I, I, I can't believe he's going that late. I'm, I am pulling up his stats now. He he didn't finish the year fantastically. 225 average, 14 home runs. That's, what, like you said, good home run total, good power numbers from Castellanos this past year. Gave him a 261 ISO. 
How did he do as far as the splits go? Um, let's see. Yeah, in uh, in July and August he was doing pretty well, but then he had a pretty bad September, a 185 average uh, in September. He had four home runs, but yeah, eight of his home runs came in August. So yeah, that was that was his big month there. That seems like a little recency bias that that he fell off near the end of the year, and I feel like that's going to be a guy i'm targeting in every draft if that's his his area especially yeah. in a five outfielder league i tend to play in five outfielder leagues uh so i i tend to load up on some early and and castellanos in the sixth seventh eighth round pff, easy money as far as i'm concerned yeah my guys that i think are going to be the best values i think people are reacting to the 2020 season as if it were a full season because that's just kind of what we do when it's the off season it's what we're used to but i don't think we should it's two months anyone can have a rough two months i think so when you look at some of the players who have been consistently very good up until 2020 and then they have a rough season this past year i think those are the guys i want to target for example Alex Bregman uh, is at 34 for his ADP. You can get Bregman like the late second round, early third round. Yes, please. Same for Anthony Rendon at 36. Um, if you look at someone like Javier Baez, uh, his ADP is sitting at 82. Ooh. Uh, JD Martinez is sitting at 90. Ooh. So those guys, like. They've been very good consistently for a long time. I'm willing to take a bet that they're not done based on a 60-game sample. No, those were all second or third round ADPs last year. Yeah, JD Martinez was like 20, if I re yeah. recall correctly. Um, 90 something. Yeah. Wow. Right. 90.3 is his current ADP. He's going between Paul Goldschmidt and Salvador Perez. I'm I'm kind of shocked by that. Are they? I don't. It's not like the Red Sox have have overturned their their uh, offensive roster that much. I mean, they I don't think... they don't have Mookie anymore, but they didn't have Mookie last year either. Yeah. I guess I guess they won't have JBJ striking out ten times in front of them. So that certainly uh, will could help. <laughs> but I mean, he had a rough season in fifty four games, two thirteen with seven home runs. That's not a good year. However, he up to that point, I mean. It just look at 2019 when he hit 36 home runs with a 304 average. He's one year removed from that, and what we saw was only in 54 game sample. Yeah, last year is such an outlier kind of year. I, I I'm sure there were plenty of of players who, you know, uh, just either emotionally weren't in, especially on a bad team like the Red Sox, who, you know, I'm sure it was tough to go to the ballpark with everything going on in their personal lives. Uh, and try to go out there and play a baseball game and play it well. I, you know, I can't hold that against him, but I'll happily uh, take him 90, 90th overall in as many leagues as I can. Yeah, and I'm just remembering now, uh, JD Martinez has been pretty vocal as well uh, because of COVID regulations. There are a few things they couldn't do, like for example, he was not able to go into the clubhouse and watch video in between innings or at bats which has been a big part of his game for the past few years so really 
this whole season uh, was so different in the way that players had to prepare. Um, the fact that someone like Martinez would have their routine uh, disrupted, which routine is everything for Major League Baseball players. Absolutely. To have your routine disrupted like that, it makes sense why you would perform significantly worse. If we can get back to a sense of normalcy in 21, I think he could be a league winner. If you get him in the eighth round of your drafts, oh. Absolutely. I uh, Now I want to go do a mock draft. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, he is going to be uh, only DH eligible for the first time in a long time. Mm. Uh, he's he, he was not able to get enough games in the outfield to maintain outfield eligibility. So you'll have to use your one of your utility spots to roster him. But still, <laughs> that value, I think I'm going to be interested. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm usually one who, who will draft a DH anyway. Uh, like a Nelson Cruz, I'll, I'll draft a Nelson Cruz just to fill that spot, uh, just because he's a set it and forget it type of guy. Uh, a Ronco, I like to call them Roncos. Uh, huh. So you know you don't have to worry about taking him out, you know, for platoon splits or whatever. Uh, so yeah, give me, give me uh, Martinez. Yeah, I think that could be a great value. So stepping away from baseball a little bit, uh, Ben. I know you're a big craft beer guy. I, too, love myself some craft beer. Uh, Matt Goodwin, one of our friends from the staff, wants to know, what are some of your favorite beers or breweries? So uh, I'm not sure how many people know this, uh, but Portland, Maine is the city uh, with the most breweries per capita in the entire country. That's amazing. So uh, we are absolutely spoiled here. Uh, there are so many good beers, too too many to even try. Like, uh, you know, I mean, craft beers are expensive. It's you know, it's it's tough to to try them all, even though you want to. So you really got to pick and choose your spots. Uh, but we're 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 very lucky around here to have so many breweries. Um, my favorite is Definitive. Uh, they do a lot of sours, and I'm a big sour beer uh, aficionado. <laughs> Your I, face is I, puckering up like you just drank a good sour. Uh, I adore craft beer. It's one of my greatest pleasures in life. But the only types of beer that I don't drink are IPAs and sours. I can't do the big hops of IPAs and I just do not like sours, but they're my wife's favorite. So I consistently keep trying them. And there are some, like if, if it's a more balanced ghost, I can, I can get behind that. I like fruit beers. I don't know if you've ever had stuff from uh, golden road brewing out in LA. Kind of, it's hard to get it out on the, on the East coast here. Um, if you ever get a chance, uh, Golden Road, they they make the best fruit beers. They're pineapple palisades, uh, mango cart, things along things along those lines. If you are someone who likes sweeter beers, or even if you're someone who doesn't really like beer that much, tr- see if you can find yourself some Golden Road. They're they're hard to find if you're on like the east coast but in the midwest and into the west you can find it pretty easy yeah i'm a big i have a big sweet tooth uh so that's what usually why i tend to go towards the fruity sours um there was one that i had a few months ago that was my favorite beer uh through all of covid which was uh a late what's it called a late night marshmallow 
Uh, it was an imperial sour, and I, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was like marshmallow and raspberry and graham crackers. Oh. And it was like eight and a half percent, and it came in a crowler, like uh, like it, like a you know a, a big can. We I had never seen a crowler before, uh, and this beer came in a crowler. Uh, That's great, and. I mean, I drank it all in one night. It was so smooth and it was so good. Uh, I, I haven't had it since, but but where you know the the, the sweet beers, the sours. Um, also love Pilsners. Pilsners mm-hmm. are good. Um, just a, a Belgian beer uh, or a lager. Um, you know a, anything like that? And actually, today uh, we went to a place called Urban Farm Fermentary in Portland, um, mm. and they specialize on uh, kombucha. They sell a lot of kombucha in the grocery stores around here, um, but they also have mead. Uh, and it was I had a, a good cranberry mead today. It was delicious. Oh, um, My, there's a meadery not too far from us, uh, Starlight Meadery. If any of you around the North Carolina area their stuff is amazingly good so smooth uh, my wife and I love a good mead mm. yeah I know they're I don't know I don't know if anyone else does mead around here uh, but but they're they're really the ones uh, that we go to um, you know if we're not looking for a, a hard-hitting beer uh, sure. is urban farm but one of my my favorite places to go, and if anyone ever comes to to Portland, comes to Maine, the place to go is Industrial Way. Uh, it is probably about 15, 20 minutes from the airport. Uh, but there are five breweries all right next to each other, and you can spend an entire day just brewery hopping. Um, and actually, uh, Allagash Brewing, Allagash Beer, which is distributed yeah. around the country, um, their home brewery is right there. So you can go to Allagash, uh, and then you can go to Definitive across the street, uh, and then there's another building, you know, two seconds just down the road next door where there's three other breweries right there, uh, and it is so much fun uh, on a nice warm summer day. Uh, so I, I highly, highly recommend it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I love the Allagash White. There, it's classic, so easy to drink. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great beer up in Michigan. Um, my wife and I have done road trips up both coasts of Michigan um, along the lake. Uh, there's one at a, a brewery out of Saugatuck, just called the Saugatuck Brewing Company, um, that made a delicious peanut butter porter. Ooh. Oh, gosh. The craft beer scene up through Michigan is great. Um, Founders is a pretty decent sized yep. regional one. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever had their Rubius Nitro. I have not. I've had their all day IPA. That's one of the few IPAs that I like. Yeah. If you can find their Rubius Nitro, you're going to have to find it basically at a bar that has it on tap because it's, it's, it is a nitro pour. Mm-hmm. But it is a raspberry beer that is ex that is like pink in color and it is so so smooth it's one of my all-time favorites the the listeners can't hear my jaw just dropped <laughs> a, a raspberry nitro pour yeah dude it's oh man so good it, if you like fruit beers it's great and you might be able to find it somewhere are you familiar with the untapped app yeah i am 
Uh, that's fantastic. You might be able to look it up. I can, uh, if I'll catch you afterwards, and we'll exchange uh, different <laughs> suggestions, uh, and I'll send you the link to that one to see if you can look it up and find somewhere around you that might have it on tap for you. Oh man, a raspberry nitro. Oh, that sounds so, so good. good. That sounds so good. My uh, one of my favorite uh, college memories. My roommate and I from freshman year. We stopped living together after the first year because he joined a fraternity, but we stayed great friends. And my senior year, we decided that uh, Sundays would be beer day. But, but instead of, you know, college guys doing beer, like we, instead of getting, you know, a case of Natty Light and drinking it all, we would go to this bougie hipster uh, gastropub that oh. opened at 10. 10 a.m. and we would go at 10 a.m. <laughs> and usually just drink beer. <laughs> we would sit at the bar and have like two two beers and then go home. It was it was great, but that's awesome. yeah, that's they they consistently had the Rubius Nitro, and that's where I found it and fell in love with it. All right, I gotta write this down. Rubius Nitro. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll send you a link. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Matt had another question for you. You mentioned you're a tech guy, you're an IT guy. Uh, I hear you've uh, recently built a new computer. Congratulations. Always a very exciting experience. What's your favorite part about your new build? Yeah, uh, it's fast. Uh, it's it's really fast. Um, oh. Yeah, so I, I had built one. I think my most recent build was, was five or six years ago. And I had been that had been my daily driver ever since. Um, but I started getting into now I'm doing the gifs. Uh, I started doing gif overlays, uh, which our own Alex Fast is the the master uh, of the gif overlay, and he he taught me his ways. Uh, and I started doing some um, in uh, Adobe Premiere, the software that. Uh, we used to do them and that computer just couldn't handle it uh it would freeze out uh you know when i was trying to preview the video um so it was time for a new machine so so i beefed this one up uh knowing that i'd be doing a lot of gift stuff doing a lot of uh video processing um and boy is it fast uh and i, I may have splurged on the ram a little bit uh, i put 128 gigs of ram into it <laughs> and i am a big uh tab guy i love to open tabs and just leave them open uh and i have 40 tabs open right now uh i i i i can't even tell you how many tabs i open but i mean like i'm constantly sitting 50 60 gigs of ram used uh at a time and it's just because i can and i i don't even notice uh but yeah so i don't recommend doing that it probably it wasn't worth the cost but it's it's just cool. I like doing it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't have known you had that much going at the moment. We've been doing video calls the whole time, and it's been great. Oh yeah, I mean, there's you know, I've got articles I I meant to read three days ago that I just never got around to, and they're just still open. And oh well, you, you'll get there. You'll get there. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep telling myself that. <laughs> so you got this new machine. You're working on GIFs. You're like the main GIF guy for us. Now, when you're looking at nastiest pitches, who are some of the most interesting and most fun guys to GIF? Our uh, our good buddy Mark McElroy wants to know. So my probably my favorite uh, pitcher uh, to watch is Luis Castillo. I love a good changeup. Uh, 
that just breaks, you know, down into a righty. Uh, you know, they're 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 the nastiest pitches uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Sixto, Sixto's changeup is filthy, but mm. his fastball is also filthy. Um, but yeah, uh, Luis Castillo, Devin Williams, obviously. Um, yeah. You know, Kenta Mayetta, I mean, his slider is ridiculous too. Uh, um, Kershaw, Kershaw's another one. I, I don't I don't watch a lot of Kershaw just because he's West Coast and, and usually I'm wrapping up Nasty's pitches by then. But if he's yeah, pitching. Got, got to go to bed by nine. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bedtime still applies. Bedtime still applies. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I love finding a guy who uh, kind of sneaks under the radar. Um, and that guy last year for me was Miguel Castro on the Mets. He has a filthy, filthy changeup uh, and a sinker that's just as filthy. Um, and there were, you know, there were times where I'd be, you know, I'd have like six, seven pitches uh, that I, I really liked on a night. And then I'll, I'll go to the Fangraphs, the live leaderboard, which shows, you know, which guys have pitched during the day and, um, you know, w- what their outings look like and stuff. And I just, you know, look for names that I knew of guys who I knew had a great pitch. And when I'd see Castro, my eyes would light up. Uh, him and Devin Williams were the two I'd always be looking for. Um, and, yeah, Castro's got a great, a couple great pitches. Um, Ottavino slider. Uh, Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, that cutter. That he throws, you know, outside the lefties, it just cuts right into the zone, right in the corner of the zone. I had a couple of those last year that were filthy, filthy bitches. Um, man, I sure do love having Luis Castillo and Corbin Burns both on my dynasty league. Oh man, yeah, I I made a mistake. I traded Luis Castillo away last year. Uh, I traded him straight up for Blake Snell, which I regret. Oops. Yeah, I regret that. That was a mistake. Uh, my buddy Steve uh, definitely ripped me off on that one, and he's never going to trade me uh, uh, Castillo back. In fact, he, he messaged me about it today. He's like, "I know, I know you like Castillo, but just so you know, I you you know don't offer me all the all the guys you're going to end up dropping before the draft for Castillo trying to get him out of me because I won't accept it." And I was like, "Well, I was planning to do that." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But I well, that is that is what I was gonna do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he knows me. He knows he knows that's what I like to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I picked him up. Um, no one really heard of him up until about a year in Double uh, A, where he started to blow up, and I was able to get him on wave wires when he was uh, in the Miami uh, system, and then he got traded twice, and then he winds up with the Reds, and is awesome. Yeah, yeah, Castillo. We we have a weird league where it's not quite a dynasty league. But we keep 20 players, and there's mm-hmm. no restrictions whatsoever. So, uh, you know, I, you know, a lot of my team is the same guys I've had for a long time. And Castillo was someone who I, I, I heard that his changeup was like Pedro's changeup, and I was like, all right, I gotta get this guy. Uh, and so I did. And then obviously, you know, Nick was hyping him up. Uh, so, you know, I, I had a steal on my hands, but I, I jumped the gun and I sold him too early. And I, uh, I'll regret it probably for the rest of his career. You hate to see it. Yeah. But it happens. Oh, well. So when you're going through, um, some people uh, who aren't aware might not even know this. Um, different camera angles make a big difference when you're giving pitches. When I was going through, it, there are some where it's just like, I, 
that's probably a nasty pitch, but I can't use this camera angle because I can't see the movement. So what are some of the ballparks that have the best camera angles? The ones you're like, okay, great. We got Devin Williams in uh, Miami, Baltimore, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. Uh, the the Brewers isn't too bad. Uh, Mil- bad. Milwaukee's no, it, it's good. It's pretty straight, straight on. Um, uh, Chicago's the White Sox. There's pretty straight on as well. Um, the the worst offenders are the um, the Padres, the um, the Cardinals. Uh, just the these cameras that are just off center, and you can't see the movement on the pitch yeah. at all. Uh, and it's, so it's really disappointing watching a guy go in one of those ballparks because you know you know the pitch is is filthy. You know it's it's a great pitch. But the camera angle just doesn't do it any justice, and and with with nastiest pitches, it's all about actually seeing uh, a pitch be completely filthy, um, and and you just don't always get to see it. So I just wish that more ballparks would would put the camera, you know, just in dead center, head on, you know, up a little bit, and have good lighting. The lighting has to be good because uh, Globe Life Field, the camera angle is great. But the lighting is weird. I don't. I don't know what's up with the lighting in that ballpark, and and the gifts just look off because of it. That's uh, weird. So I should like Gold Life Field, but I really don't. Yeah, because uh, um, the old Globe Life, what used to have the camera pretty off center, because uh, when I was doing the gifts in after the 2019 season, I basically couldn't use the Rangers. Um, feed because it was so off center. Um, I remember Atlanta being pretty good as well. It's decent. Yeah, Atlanta's pretty good. Um, it's there. There are a few others that I'm blanking on, uh, but Miami, Baltimore, and Tampa are are the ones that I've consistently found to be. Tampa was always the big one to be really, really good. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you wouldn't really think about, but you know, next time you're reading through one of Ben's nastiest pitches articles, go click on a few more, open a few more and just look and see, Oh yeah, there is a lot of Baltimore in here. There is a lot of Miami. That's interesting because we look for a lot of uh, those ballparks when we're going through. Yeah, for sure. All righty. I had one last question. I saved the big one till the end asked by Nick Pollock himself, Ben Brown, what is your middle name? I really got to answer this uh, really delicately. It is James. So your middle name doesn't start with a B? It does not. No, I I am not the Better Business Bureau. Uh, I am Benjamin James Brown. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Well, it's disappointing. I I know. I know. Uh, Unless, Unless you're good with us nicknaming you Ben Jimmy. <laughs> I have never been called that. So right. go for Let's it. Let's see if we can get it to stick. Ben Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all I've got. Ben, what are you working on right now? Anything you want to plug or you got any f- closing thoughts for us? So we have Pitcherlist 6.0 coming up pretty soon here. Uh, I believe the launch day is February 9th. Uh, and the We Love Baseball team, we have a bunch of stuff coming out. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. The whole site is just going to look phenomenal. I've seen some of the mock-ups. It's, if you're a Pitcherless fan, uh, you're you're going to love uh, 
what you see uh, and the content that comes out uh, during launch week, both for the We Love Baseball team and just the rest of the site. Uh, it's going to be our best work yet. So I'm really looking forward to 6.0 launching and and letting all of our ideas get out there and, and letting just baseball fans soak up what we've got for them because it's, it's going to be a lot of great stuff. It's going to be great. All right, Ben, one more time. Where can they find you on Twitter? They can find me at FelixTheDog23. He didn't pipe in this time. He might be napping, but that's okay. Dang it, Felix. Come on. <laughs> Miss your cue. Well, all righty. Thank you so much for coming on with me. It's been a great time. We will catch you all next time on The List. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.